I can do it. How do you know you can do it? I always ask that question. And it's, that's, some people think, oh, Robbie, that's a negative question. The question is this, how do we really know that we can do it until we've actually done it? And isn't it interesting that some people decide to do something, they make a plan, they take action, they do it and they get the result. Other people say, I'm going to do it and don't do it. Other people start and stop. And there's that interesting group where they where people start something that almost finish it, but they stop because a challenge comes up or something gets in the way. So I'm sure you hear this, I can't do it because it's too hot or I can't do it because it's too cold or I'm too busy or I haven't got enough money. A big challenge has come up so I can't finish this project, I can't do it anymore. Well, here's a great question. Is it possible that some people use excuses to stop and other people use those same reasons to keep going? They don't stop. And I always find that really interesting because there are some people that stop exercising because it's hot. And there's other people that go and find the hottest, longest endurance race. They run through the Sahara Desert for days on end because they want to challenge themselves. Some people say, I can't exercise because it's too cold. And yet other people will go and do a marathon in the Antarctica or in Alaska or in Russia. They want it to be somewhere where it's really cold because they want to test their mental toughness and their mental endurance. So they go and choose something specifically because it's going to be really hard. People say, I can't do that. that I can't climb that mountain. It's too high. And we've all got different mountains. I get that. But isn't it interesting that even the highest mountains in the world that everybody said was impossible and it couldn't be done, now it's become normal. So many people have a goal now to go to base camp Mount Everest or to climb Mount Everest, for example, because it's been done before somebody did it. So I've always, I always ask this question, are you the person who's going to set the example for what can be done or are you the person that comes up with an excuse for why it can't be done? And if you're a parent or a teacher, or a coach, a leader, a boss, I can always ask that, those, that particular group of people. Because as a leader, are you responsible for living the example of what's possible? So if somebody says to you, can I do this? And you give them every reason why they can't and they trust you, then of course it's possible they might not give it a go at all, yeah? The reverse of that, uh, and this has happened to me many times in my life, where somebody's told me I can't do it, Rowie, it's not possible for you. And I go and do it just to prove them wrong. Now, it's not to prove them wrong. It's to prove the concept wrong. If somebody thinks, and I've used the example, if somebody thinks I'm too big to run a marathon, that's the reason why I ran marathon, because somebody told me that I couldn't. And I want to prove that a bigger person could still run a marathon, because I'm not built like a marathon runner. In the same year that somebody told me I couldn't run marathon, somebody else told me I couldn't compete in a bodybuilding competition because I was too small. So I was too big, too big for running, too small for bodybuilding. So I did both in the same year. Not because I wanted to prove that person wrong, but I wanted to prove to myself that there are no limitations or restrictions on something that I decide to do. Another interesting example is people who blame the past. I can't do it because of something that happened to me in the past. I have this really great example was a a gentleman at one of my health clubs in Campbelltown in Sydney, Australia, which is at the time a very low socioeconomic area. And for him, it wasn't just a low socioeconomic area. His father was a drug dealer. His mother was a prostitute. They lived in a council slash government funded uh, horrible house. It was horrible. And he went to a terrible school and he was a member at my health club and Uh, when I met him, he was a distinguished, successful businessman. Uh, He'd come to visit his parents and on referral, somebody had said, you need to go and meet Rowie because I reckon she'd love to hear your story. 
So I got to know him quite well. And what happened? He watched what happened to his family. He saw what his father was doing. He saw what his mother was doing. He saw what his older brother was doing. His older brother also became a drug dealer, got involved with gangs, the whole thing. And this gorgeous man said, and he was only very young, he was only 16, he said, I'm not going to live my life like that. I'm going to watch what my family's done. I'm going to do exactly the opposite. I'm going to become a successful, financially free business person and have my own business and be wealthy to prove that just because I came from this background, I don't have to live my life like that. And I share that with you because I think uh, that could be a choice. Do we get to choose whether we give up or whether we keep going? Do we get to choose whether life's going to be terrible for us or could we change it? And I always, always, I always ask the questions about those four big areas of life. If I'm healthy, fit and strong, if I have a career or business that I love, if I'm financially free and if I have great relationships, will my life be better? And are those things a choice? Do I get to choose whether I'm fit or unfit? Of course. Do I get to choose whether I'm strong or weak? Of course. Do I get to choose whether I have a career or business that I love or I have a lousy, stinking, rotten job? Of course. We, we interview into jobs and we open businesses. We get to choose that. Financial freedom is a choice. Uh, a lot of people say, I can't be rich because everyone else in my life is poor. Well, allocation of money is really interesting. And there's a lot of people that even on government benefits allocate a certain amount of money to their financial freedom and end up retiring financially free. They don't have to rely on the government anymore. So, of course, that could be a choice, yeah? Relationships. Do we have to have lousy, stinking people in our life, people who treat us badly, disrespectfully? And, of course, the answer is no. And even if they are your parents or your family or your partner or somebody in your life who you think you have to have in your life, uh, I was asked this question a very long time ago. Rowie, if those people treated you this way and they weren't your family, would they still be in your life? And, of course, the answer is no. For your own self-respect, would it be a really good idea to not have disrespectful people in your life? So here's my really interesting question. What do you want your life to look like? And are you going to use challenges as an excuse not to do? Or are you going to use challenges as a reason to do? So if it's really hot, some people will go out running just because it's of the challenge of going out because it's really hot. Some people, and I'm right now, it's freezing cold out here. It's, it's minus now at the moment. Uh, and people say to me, Rowie, you're out in the garden, or Rowie, you've gone running, or Rowie, why are you outside when it's so cold? Because I like to test my mental toughness. I don't want to be weak, and I choose not to be. Is that a choice that we could all choose? There's another really interesting thing, and this is why I love elite sports people. Uh, some people are talented and gifted at sport, and they become world champions or Olympic athletes, and that's awesome. Uh, some people have to work really hard. They don't have the skill, but they have the drive and the determination. But for some people, they even might have both, but something happens. They get an injury. And there's a classic example. And I love these, these, these people, the, the people that I just have massive respect for. People who, for example, were elite athletes in one particular sport, had an accident, and then became elite athletes in another sport. So there's a, a really great story about a gentleman who was a Formula One driver. He had a bad accident. Uh, the car blew up. He got uh, seriously injured and lost his legs. He became a Paralympian, Olympic skier with no legs. 
Most people would give up. I've had a terrible accident. This sport's not for me. But obviously his internal drive was just because I've lost my legs doesn't mean I'm going to lose my life. I love being a competitor. I'm going to keep competing. And he didn't just become a skier. He became a Paralympian. He became an Olympic skier. Those kind of stories I just find mind-blowing. People who have beautiful, gorgeous lives and something terrible happens to them and they decide to do something special with it. And, of course, there's other people who have terrible, horrible things happen in their life and it makes them miserable, grumpy, depressed, angry, uh, bitter and twisted and they end up living a life of misery because this terrible thing happened to them. So there's the question. Is it the thing that happens that determines what our life's going to be like or is it the way we respond or react to what happens that's going to determine what our life's going to be like? And I'm standing out here in the freezing cold because I wanted to introduce you to Tom the tractor. Uh, Tom was on the scrap heap. Somebody wanted to throw him away. Uh, we decided that he would be a gorgeous garden ornament, so we've resurrected him, and now I can look out my window every day and see Tom the tractor and, and just really appreciate him. Uh, and I think that's one of the responsibilities. I'm just using this as an analogy. One of the responsibilities as a teacher, student, uh, sorry, a teacher of students, a parent of children, a, a leader in the community or a leader in the world is that you can see potential in people and that and help you have to help them realize their potential. So this poor old tractor came here really ugly, broken and yucky and we've made him look beautiful again and he's adding massive value to our lives. But we had to see that potential and then unlike a tractor, you have to then encourage, inspire, motivate the people who think that their life is worthless or they can't do what they want to do with their life or they can't go and achieve the things that they want to achieve. You then have to be the person who can uh, get them thinking that it's possible. And I had a, I asked this question of a, of a mother and I got a beautiful answer. It was only a couple of days ago. I said, what's the best way to get people to think about having a great life or making changes? Is it to preach at them, tell them what to do, nag them? Or, and she answered my question beautifully, she said, be the example. And I think that is the ultimate answer, isn't it? How will our kids know that it's possible to be healthy, fit and strong if they don't know anybody that's healthy, fit and strong? How will our kids know it's possible to have a career or business that they love if they don't know anybody that goes to work every day and loves what they do? And it isn't work. It's a, it's a, a, a calling. It's a responsibility. It's something that they just love to do every day. They do it for free. How will our kids know that you can be financially free if everybody they know is broke and doesn't know how to look after their money effectively? And how will our kids know that you can have beautiful relationships if all the relationships in their life are really ugly? And that's why I think that as adults we have a responsibility to see the potential in people and then live the example, not tell people what to do. You can't, and I often use this as an example, what's the point of telling somebody to stop smoking if you're smoking? What's the point of telling somebody to be healthy if you're unhealthy? What's the point of telling somebody to have a, a great career path or job if you're stuck in a lousy, stinking, rotten job or you think you're stuck there? Do we have a responsibility to our young adults to prove, living proof, not talking proof, living proof, that regardless of the challenges, regardless of what happens, we are capable of living a great life? 
if we choose to. And most importantly, what happens when there's a challenge? If it's hot, if it's cold, if there's no money, if things don't work out, if if people say you can't, do we use that as a reason to stop or do we use that as a reason to go? Uh, if, if I come up with an excuse not to do, what does that say about me? Versus if I use the reason that everybody says I can't do it as the reason to do it. So if somebody tells you you can't do it because you're too tall, too short, too fat, too skinny, too old, too young, too inexperienced, don't have enough money, all the excuses that people use, what if you just prove them wrong and go and do it anyway? Not to prove them wrong, but why would you let somebody steal your dream, hijack your dream, stop you from doing what you want to do because they think that you can't do it? Just because they can't do it doesn't mean that you can't do it. You can do whatever you choose to do. Uh, and, and there's, again, so many examples of people that were told you can't do it and they've done it anyway. So I'm asking you, please, as a parent, a teacher, a coach, a boss, a leader, please live your life in a way that our young adults can see that it is possible. And if we come across a challenge, will we fall over and get back up again? Will we refuse to fall over or are we the person that falls over and stays down? And I really think that as a, as a leader that we have this responsibility. Uh, people can push as hard as they like. I just refuse to fall over. And I've, I have fallen over many times in my life. I've always gotten back up again. But I'm in, the, I'm in the headspace now where I really want to inspire people that just because somebody pushes you doesn't mean that you have to fall over. So whoever's in your life relying on you to be the person that can overcome challenges, not use challenges as an excuse to stop. I can choose to stop because it's hard or I can choose to go because it's hard and I want to get harder. Wouldn't that be awesome? What do you reckon, Tom? You want to get harder? Isn't he gorgeous? Woohoo! I feel good. Na, 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 na. I knew that I would now because I choose to. Woohoo!